This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted... Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by David Moore. Hi, David. Hello, Kevin. Good seeing you, buddy. (laughs) That's a 180-degree reversal of David's previous... Uh, My mood can change mood. quickly. Yeah, you're a little mercurial. Uh, and on the line with us from Surprise, Arizona, is uh, Evan Grant. Hi, Evan. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, that, that's the that nicest was, that was Evan's ever been. Oh, my gosh. What was, <laughs> are, are we bothering you, Evan? Is yeah. this Are we, like, impinging we on your time? We woke him up. Um, I'm, I'm up. I'm wide awake. I'm, I'm just waiting for... Bracing for whatever today's catastrophic news is that hits the airwaves. Yeah. Before we get to that, though, uh, what time is it in Arizona anyway? Are they on daylight savings time this year? Do they decide to to, to swing with the rest of America, or are they still, you know, in their own in their caves there in Arizona? Arizona is cuckoo. Um, <laughs> they do not go to daylight savings time. So for the first half of spring training, I was one hour behind you people. And now it's two, now, right? I believe it's I believe it's four fifteen in the morning. Yeah, I think it's four <laughs> hours it's difference 4:15 now. In yeah, in Arizona, all those all all the local citizenry, which you know, you you and I are fast approaching their uh, their age bracket now. By the way, I want I want to add to that. And uh, next year, I'll be able to um, hopefully save the paper money by qualifying to. Uh, get into one of the 55 and over communities for spring training. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and nice. that's all that's all it's about really for me is yeah. saving people money. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's get to the catastrophe of the moment and that was over the weekend Willie Calhoun taking a uh, 95 mile an hour fastball to the mouth um uh, in a in a spring training game. He is going to be out at least a month, right? I, w- I- you know, the Rangers are going to reevaluate in two weeks, but based on the guys uh, that have had this previously, I, I think the operating number would probably be a month. Nobody has given any kind of real time frame. I'm going basically on what the situation was with Jason Hayward. When, we, when he had this situation, he was out just a month. And if the Rangers get Willie Calhoun back in um, mid-April, uh, I think that's all things considered. I think that's very fortunate. The, the one wild part here still to be determined, guys, is they really haven't been able to put him through much of a <clears throat> excuse me a concussion protocol yet because he was intubated and um, 
uh, kind of sedated on Sunday after the injury took place, and then yesterday obviously was under anesthesia and, and, and sedation for surgery. And so now that he's getting more alert, I think they will get a better idea and put him through the full concussion testing protocol. And as, as you guys know, that that could uh, certainly add to the time frame, depending on if he's got any uh, any complications that go along with that. So let's let, let's hope for the best there. You know, last year Luke Farrell suffered a, a, a broken jaw, uh, the pitcher, um, in spring training. And it was a very painful, arduous four-and-a-half-month process for him with sensitivity to light, headaches, kind of an uncontrollable um, tearing of the eyes because of the sensitivity to light. Uh, so uh, we're, I, I think the, uh, everybody's just kind of hoping that uh, Willie's able to avoid that kind of situation. I saw where you had talked to Joey Gallo, and, and Gallo said that uh, now, and I, and I and I may be a little confused. Was he already wearing a face guard? Uh, uh, I can't remember. Joey, Joey does. Yeah. Um, uh, Willie had last year, but had apparently taken it off. And there's, I, I asked around yesterday, and there was um, there was not a real consensus as to when, but I think he had gone to the face guard when he had braces on mm-hmm. his teeth. And I think he removed it when the braces came off last year. Um, obviously the outcome of all this is that he will now be wearing a face guard for the rest of his career. Um, and Joey is a big advocate that guys need to go to the face guard, especially when they're, when they're facing guys who throw from uh, whose pitching side is the same side that they're batting from. He just says that, you know, you sit in there waiting for a breaking ball, and, and the idea these days is to wait as long as you can to better recognize pitches. And when guys are throwing 95 and above, it just gets on you too fast, and you don't have any time to react. And I, I don't know how much of, of the video you guys watch, but it's it's pretty clear Willie never saw that. You know, he he was he was waiting on a pitch, and by and, and by the time he saw it, he did not even have time to flinch. So, yeah, can, can you just can you describe? just the scene there and just how i mean everyone was was aware pretty quickly it appeared that that something horrible had happened can you just describe again the, the seconds leading up to it and then and then what it was like for that that 10 10 minute period afterwards yeah you know because i think the team has had um each of the last couple of springs there's been some really really scary incident obviously the feral thing last year the year before that howard johnson who was one of the minor league hitting coaches got smoked by a foul ball in the dugout on the last day of spring training and and so everybody uh, is unfortunately kind of um got something already logged in their memory about one of these kind of situations so everybody was holding their breath the thing that um uh, there are a couple things regard, regarding the scene that stood out to me. Um, I just watched Joey, uh, and it was clear that this was a guy who was, was rattled. You know, he was on deck. Uh-huh. Um, there was a lot of pacing. He clearly went up to the cart, uh, but wanted to also stay out of the way of, of, of the guys who were treating him. But he was clearly upset, and um, Joey and Willie have become really, really close friends and workout buddies and, and locker mates. And it's clear that this affected him. Um, and, you know, the fact that Willie was down for 10 minutes and he didn't didn't get up. He was moving, but he didn't get up. And it, you could just tell this was a guy 
in such overwhelming pain that you really he couldn't even rise on the ground to, to put it that way. You know, he just he, he just um, I guess had gone a little bit into shock a little bit at that point. Um, but the second part that, that really stood out to me was um, they took Willie Calhoun off in a cart after ten minutes and. Chris Woodward immediately went to the Rangers dugout, changed, to the Rangers clubhouse, changed his clothes, and went to the hospital in Phoenix where, where Willie was airlifted and spent the uh, spent a significant portion of the night there with, with Willie and his father and mother uh, and, and, and Willie's girlfriend and, and Chris's wife, Erin, uh, who was a trauma nurse, came over, and she was apparently a big help in kind of, filtering all the information that was coming out and, and asking a lot of questions. And in my column this morning, I think, tried to explore this a little bit. That, that I mean, this speaks to what Woodward preaches about that this team has to be a family and that cohesiveness is about family-type relationships. And you can't really preach that and then not, not act on it when, when a situation like this arises. And I, I thought it was pretty unique for the manager to leave in the middle of a, of a game, but um, given everything that that seems to be the case on Chris Woodward, you know there are times we all feel he could be he can almost be a little bit over exuberant in, in how positive he is about stuff, but you you can't fake empathy in, in my mind, and and it, it was clear that that there was some real empathy and care there, and, and I think it's also important that. You know, Willie has kind of come to symbolize the idea of buy-in um, that, that Chris wants because this, he, he changed his body, he changed his approach, um, and he's really become kind of a focal point for where this team is going. So those were the things that, that stuck out about about that situation for me. So uh, the, the immediate uh, actions uh, by the Rangers, other than obviously what you just described, uh, is that uh, immediate reaction of the Rangers is that uh, Nick Solak will play left field now uh, until further notice, right? Yeah, um, I, I think that's the plan to go by. And I guess the best way to try and explain this is uh, – there will be some people out there who will notice that Yachiel Puig is still out there as a free agent. Um, my perspective and, and what I, I kind of ran by both John Daniels and Chris Woodward yesterday was this team went to camp trying to find ways to get Nick Solak on a field. Uh, didn't know if he would be adequate in center field or not, but wanted, but have wanted to look at that. Well, here's uh, for lack of a better term, here's a, an opportunity a situation where there are needed at bats on the field and Nick can slide over to left field. He played a little bit more of that in the minor leagues, went out there and played last night under the light, had an outfield assist from left field. And it only makes all the sense in the world. Um, if this team was committed and, and didn't pursue free agents to the nth degree, uh, that, that I, I think was some of the public type um, feeling on some of the higher profile free agents uh, because they believed in, in guys like Solak, then it, it's time for them to give him that opportunity. And I think that's where they'll go. So in the, so if we're looking now, um, and, and I think you had already kind of resolved this situation, but, uh, or not a situation, but just what the Rangers are going to do uh, in the lineup if you were guessing on your opening day lineup, let's go over it right now. What is it going to be? Mm -hmm. hmm. 
Have, have we caught well, you in the middle of breakfast, Evan, or something? It seems like every time we ask you a question, you're putting down a donut, or, you know, or you know, stopping uh, your 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 big Slurpee. I had a little sip of water the last couple times because, um, uh, you know, I'm just trying to hydrate out here, Kevin. I don't want to end up with a giant <laughs> kidney stone. Okay. Um, I think that's I think that's now a little bit more up in the question because uh, more more of an open end question because I don't know what they'll do um, with the lineup where where Solak is concerned and I think that's gonna that's gonna remain to be seen a little bit. Um, you were and, and the other part of it is you know in Solak you've got a right handed bat as opposed to Calhoun as a left handed bat. So I think right now what you're looking at is that. Shinsu Chu would still be the leadoff guy, and, and I think the idea going going into the season is probably going to be that Elvis Andrus would hit second. I'm not sure that long term I think that that's the best idea unless Elvis can can prove to to really bounce back after some some offensive um, downtime. And then at three and four, you get into some um, some real questions because at the start of camp, at the outset of camp. Uh, it was going to be Joey Gallo and hitting third. And the last couple of days, the Rangers had started to look at Gallo in the four spot with Calhoun third on Sunday. So that's still to be determined. Um, and uh, I, I would think now it, it's going to become probably a little bit more important in my mind for them to hit Gallo third. Uh it is so that you've got a, a left-hander after the right-hander hitting second. Um, you've got, uh, and, and then it, it, it's just going to be a mix. You've got Frazier um, probably in the four spot. Uh, you, you, you know, I just don't. I, I guess the the question is, where do you put Solak? Do you put him? Are you going to put him in the middle third of the order, or is he more of a? more of a six, seven kind of hitter. Those are the things that I think they're really going to have to, um, to weigh here in, in the second half of spring training. And I don't, I, I honestly don't have an answer for you on, on what the bottom half of the lineup is going to look like. Uh, you know, if he's going to be who you think he's going to be, uh, I, I'm more to hitting him second. Um, I, I agree. I, I just don't know that they want to, I don't know that they want to go into the season and put that on him. I think they'd rather have him, kind of earn that a little bit or or demonstrate that and then they can make that move but if you're if you're asking me I would think that if you believe that Solak is going to take the kind of at bats that you think he's going to take and, and that he's shown really professional at bats really good idea um he's he's a number two type hitter and if if he is, then it, it it makes things I think a little bit easier for you to kind of balance out the lineup, stretch things out. Um, Joey third, you pick you know the right-handed hitter, probably Frazier four to to, to start. Um, you've got Danny Santana, who you're going to hit somewhere now between in the top five guys, um, and then you can then you can go some. I like the combination at the bottom of the order of maybe having Elvis and Ruggie back-to-back. Ruggie's got some power and uh, at some speed, even though it's not been well, um, not been efficiently used. Uh, and Elvis, obviously, his biggest asset is his base running. And so if you've got those guys at the bottom of the order, can turn it over and put some guys on base ahead of the guys like Chu, Solak, and, and Gallo, 
now all of a sudden you've got a chance to, to really extend some, some run scoring opportunities. I want to ask you at first base, um, I know you kind of broached this subject um, maybe yesterday uh, about uh, the job that Isaiah kind of for Leffa has, has been doing this spring and uh, hitting really well. And, and, you know, and when we've seen him play third base, I think he plays it uh, as well as anybody they've had there, except for Adrian Beltre recently. Um, what is the possibility of him, if, if, uh, if Ronald Guzman is not going to hit, uh, you know, at this point, I have more faith in uh, I think uh, Isaiah playing or hitting than I do in, in Guzman. Uh, uh, playing him at third and playing uh, and, and, and not every day, but maybe giving Solak some days there as well, and then playing Todd Frazier at first. Yeah, I, I think that um, again, this opens this creates some more pathway for Kiner Falefa to get more. Um, more significant at bats early on. Uh, I, I would think that right now, I still think the first baseman is going to be Greg Bird going into the season. His at bats, so they haven't gotten um, great results in terms of hits. His at bats have been good. And he's, he, he's taking counts deep. He's hit balls hard. And I think the Rangers feel like this is, when he's healthy, this is a big league first baseman. How long they can count on him to stay healthy, that's a real wild card. Um, but I, I think going into the season, that might be the case. But you do have the opportunity when you face a lefty then to move Frazier across the diamond to first base and play Heiner Falefa at third base. And I, I think the, the first thing that Isaiah has kind of uh, pushed for here is that he belongs on this team. And, and I think it's going to be difficult over these last two weeks of spring training to, um, to push him off the team. And I think the next step is that he's, he's getting very close to pushing for more significant playing time. Um, and then when you add in the injury and having to move some guys around, it, it does create the opportunity for him to play a little bit more. And, and he's, he's, a, he's got good hands at third base. He's, he's, he's capable there. If he can carry over um, a semblance of the way he's hitting the ball with authority – uh, I think he becomes much more of a factor in, in that mix. And when and if Bird does break down, then you don't necessarily have to go to AAA and get Guzman if he's not tearing it up down there. You could potentially move Frazier across the diamond and give give Kiner Falefa the, the majority of the time at third base. Yeah, you know, I just and and you and I have talked about this before about him. He, he's just such a uh, Isaiah is a mentally tough kid. Um, just has all the qualities that that you want on a team, and 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 frankly, that I think that the Rangers have been looking for in some of their younger players uh, that they brought up. You know, uh, the, look, I've, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. He's got all the qualities of Michael Young in terms of um, the way he approaches the game, the way he approaches his business, the way he carries himself. I don't know that anybody thought Michael Young was going to be a 13-year big league player with a 300 batting average, and so I'm certainly not going to sit here and say I think that's what Isaiah kind of Falefa is destined for. But what I do think is is the case with guys like Kiner Falefa, um, Jose Trevino, and, and Nick Solak is is my exposure to them indicates these are guys who, whatever their ceiling is you're confident that these guys are going to reach that and maybe a little bit beyond. Because I think if you talk to scouts, you know, about a guy like Michael Young, 
they would tell you that, that probably in their mind they thought Michael exceeded expectations for what was, was top of his ceiling. And I think you could probably say the same thing about these guys. What their ceiling is, I don't know. But I, I, I can tell you this. I think everybody on this coaching staff and in this front office is heavily invested in Isaiah Kiner-Falefa exactly for the reasons that you just mentioned. So who on this club right now needs to really pick it up here in the last couple of weeks of spring training uh, to either make the club, establish a better role? Uh, is there anybody who's standing out to you? And is there any, and then who is it that – and I think we just talked about the guy who's made the biggest impression, the biggest leap, is uh, Isaiah right now. So who who has really not done it and it's really been a disappointment so far? Yeah, I don't I, – I don't – feel like there has been anybody on the offensive side um, that was destined for a job who has really come up short. Um, I guess the exception, and I don't want to say that that Guzman has has come up short. This is not the the Barry Root Ronald Guzman hour, but he certainly hasn't given, um, he hasn't made the battle with Greg Bird, one where you say, nah, it's okay that this, this club would let Greg Bird walk and, and just go with Guzman. So um, he struggled on that side. I I think, and this isn't terribly exciting for fans, but I think, you know, with, with the injuries, depth becomes such a big issue and uh, the fringes of, of the uh, offensive side of the roster become much more in question and you've got guys the que- I guess the question now is going to be you're going to have one extra outfielder and then you're going to have a bench spot available. Um, I think Scott Heineman has had kind of an inside uh, track on, on the first extra outfielder. The second position, don't know if you go with an infielder or if you go with another outfielder there, but I think you've got uh, Adolis Garcia has, has shown the power that, that kind of drew the Rangers to him and, and he's He's got a very athletic body, and he's the kind of guy that really excites scouts because of of, of the the athleticness, the athle, uh, the athletic ability. Um, don't try uh, don't I, try I, hard I, words, Evan. It's really not good for you. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that Matt Duffy, um, especially if you're if you're thinking that Kiner Falefa might eventually. Um, end up as your regular third baseman. I think the idea that Matt Duffy being on a minor league contract is that, that you could potentially lose him um, and his infield versatility. He might be a guy that you want to hold on to as, as your extra bench player um, if you do end up deciding that you've got to move Frazier to first base and, and kind of for to play third base every day. But I also think that Blake Swihart is, um, is a switch hitter who can do some catching who's shown a willingness to play some first base uh, and who has played a little bit of outfield and somebody that the Rangers have liked for a long time, I think he's also very much in the mix. So I think they're, you know, it's not exciting for these battles, especially when it's now the 26th man as opposed to the 25th man. But I think that's something the Rangers are going to have to decide. And the same thing, I think, you know, fortunately for the Rangers, I think the same thing goes. It's, it's a kind of, on the fringes of the bullpen, I, I think that most of the spots in this on this roster were were pretty spoken for before this team got here, and nobody has so flubbed it that you would say 
uh, this guy can't. We've got to divert from our plan. Um, the, the, there have been some guys who have really stepped up, like like Kiner Falefa, um, like Jonathan Hernandez in the bullpen, though he had a little bit more of a rocky night last night. Uh, but there there have been some guys that have stepped up. Nobody who you would say, uh, nah, this guy doesn't have a chance. we got to make some other decisions. And that's a good thing because, as you know, um, making decisions based purely on spring training outcomes are exceptionally risky and, and often very inaccurate. So I'm thinking about writing a column about this, so I want you to go ahead and tell me uh, this is a good idea or not. Uh, usually I just ask you this off the air and don't uh, and do it on uh, podcast. but what the heck. So uh, Mike Miner is going into the last year of his contract here with the Rangers, uh, and he has said that he would prefer not to, to do any kind of discussions during the season. So does that mean uh, do you think the Rangers should be trying to do something now in the next couple of weeks, or do you think that they just uh, they should uh, just play this out and see what happens? No, I don't think they should be trying to do anything in the next couple of weeks. And that has nothing to do with – well, it has nothing to do with my belief in Mike Miner as, as a really good pitcher. But I think that this team has to see who they are, um, first of all, to know exactly what direction they're going in. Um, and if they're if they're in the direction where um, keeping a 33 a pitcher who will be 33, uh, keeping that guy under contract for a couple more years will give them an opportunity uh, to win, or if they're going to be uh, in an extended rebuilding period. So uh, my perspective on this whole thing is I think the Rangers need to go into the first half of the season, see what kind of team they are, see where they're moving, and if you want to make Mike Miner an offer, you go to him at the All-Star break, and you basically make your best offer there. You stop with the whole negotiating game. You say, this is what we've got to offer. And I still think Miner would like to be here. I think if this team is winning, it's only going to reinforce that. And I think he's also very realistic that, hey, 33-year-old pitchers aren't going to go out there and get a four- or five-year deal on the free agent market. So I know that it's you know, that he, his posture is exactly what his posture is. And that basically it comes down to this. Uh, he was asked if he would like a contract and I don't know any players that would say, no, I wouldn't like a contract. And he said that he would like a contract sooner rather than later, which I think also um, speaks for the, the general population. We would like all that stuff wrapped up sooner rather than later. I just don't think right now is the time to necessarily commit. And, and you know, when, when you're talking about that, I think the same thing goes on, a, on an even bigger topic uh, on Joey Gallo. Because if, if you feel like you get into the season and this team is still um, a ways away from winning, you know that you're probably not going to be able to sign Joey Gallo to an extension. And you may have to get to a point here at the trade deadline where to maximize your value um, – you might have to trade him with three and a half years of service under under his belt in order to do that. So I, I think it's it's very much got to be a wait and see to make sure that that what this team has done and where they're going has taken root. Evan, you're putting an awful lot on this first half that you're going to a get rid of one of your two best pitchers and b get rid of your only star player. Well, Kevin, if you didn't like my response, then maybe you shouldn't have asked me. <laughs> I, mean, I just think that's where they're at, right? I mean, because they have they have said that that the intent is to get better this year. 
and they need to be better this year. They need to be playing. I'm not going to sit here and say they need to make the playoffs, but they need to be playing games in the second half that that have some have a little bit of, of import. And they're. I think we sit here today on on March uh, 10th, and we're not entirely sure that we're confident that we can say this team is is going to be five, ten games above 500 at, at the. Uh, at the All-Star break. Well, that in itself, isn't that a statement on about what they have put together? Because, I mean, if you if you really felt good about the nucleus you had in place, you would you would think you would go into the full season to develop it. So, you know, this, this is a year of development. We'll make our decision at the end. And I understand there's some contractual situations that, that trigger at a different time, but... Um, yeah, I, mean, I think you'd feel more confident about your direction, David, if you had signed if you had signed one of those um, big time free agents, but that you didn't. You know, there's I, I think there's some more there's some question about how much better this team is. I think it's better than it is last year. Am I comfortable saying that I, that they're going to make a ten game leap from seventy eight wins a year ago? I don't know that I'm comfortable with that yet. And um, I, I think we've, we've, we've got to see it. Evan, that was the, you were going along really well in this entire podcast until you got to this last thing about uh, trading Joey Gallo. That's going to be the headline. Evan Grant, colon, trade Joey Gallo uh, and, and get rid of Mike Miner. Because um, here's the thing. Now, here's the, here's the flaw in that argument, Evan, is that if you had signed Anthony Rendon and committed $8 billion worth of contract to him, Anthony Rendon by himself is not going to turn the Rangers into a uh, championship team. So, it, to me, Joey Gallo, you would hope, is a, uh, a star in the making. He certainly showed the, the, the results of that, uh, la- or he showed that last year. Uh, you're going to give up on Joey Gallo, but you were going to sign Anthony Rendon? I, well, the, the, back, the fact of the matter is you ended up not signing Anthony Rendon or Zach Wheeler, and if you are not better, then you have to consider the direction in which you're going. And um, I just think that's, that's the potential fallout, the potential risk of, of one, what ended up happening this year. I don't think Anthony Rendon on his own would have made this team necessarily a 90-95 win team. But I think he would have uh, made this, you could have said you could have said with a lot more confidence this is a significantly better team. And right now I think that's much more, that's much more of a marginal conversation. But, but, then, but then that seems that you're you switch the argument to because the front office was unable to sign a key player it alters their assessment of who their key players who are currently in place i don't think it i don't think it alters that they they feel like gallo is a key player but i also feel like that they that that the general understanding is that the window with gallo here was probably going to be limited to six years because he's a scott boris client um, and the expectation is that when he hits free agency, uh, he is going to go elsewhere. Um, that might not end up being that might not end up being the case, but I think if you look at at percentages, I think that's 
And what percentage of Scott Boras clients up. wind up somewhere else when they hit the market? Uh, would say it's well over 90. Okay. Yeah, I would too. I, I think the key is that you just have to do something preemptively. You got to, it, it, it has yeah, to I, be I, almost like the joke, the, the thing they did with Rugi. Yeah. You know, you just. How often does he go out and give up that ability to let a key player I get into free agency, though? Again, if you were going to, I think if you were going to get Gallo on an extension, I think the, um, the time to get it done would have been before he hit arbitration. Once you hit arbitration and you're getting, um, you're starting to make significant money uh, and you see the free agent clock clicking, ticking, it's a little bit more difficult. But I, I just, I, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Rangers thinking, okay, if we're a, if we're, if we are a good team, we will play things out with Joey until we get through six years and maybe between now and then, you know, we can come to some agreement. But if you're not a good team, if you haven't, if Ruki and Elvis don't make significant improvements this year, if you struggle out of the gate, if you sit here and say, we're going to have to be trading off pieces again at the deadline, your piece that would bring you the best, the best return would be trading that franchise-type player to somebody who's in a pennant race and is going to be in a pennant race for the next couple of years. All right, Evan, on that note, on that bleak note, uh, we're going to leave you uh, until you can get to your little uh, things you've got to do that you've been packing up for the last five minutes you've been talking to us. Did you really hear me zipping up my little yes. thing? Yes, Evan. We yes. Hear, I've explained it to you a thousand times, Evan. All the little things, all the little annoying things you do around speaking, we can hear. I know you don't hear them, but we hear them. The listeners well, hear them. I know. They're annoyed Kevin, I don't know. If, I don't <laughs> and know and if then when you start yelling. And don't we do this for the listener? <laughs> yes. I did say singular listener, you noticed too as well. <laughs> I thought you are were talking you? in the collective. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Evan, I, don't know if you are, um, I don't know if you are aware of this, but uh, um, uh, there's been some changes to media policies throughout the league in the last 24 hours. Um, so uh, we're, we're, we're trying some new things today and in, in being able to uh, actually get access with players. and, and Access with players? Holy cow. All yeah, right, Evan. So. You know, Evan, I'm coming out next week, so I'll be out there with you. Okay, well, you and I will have plenty of time to talk to one another. Cause we I was going to say, you might as well stay here now. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, this is I, something I, listen, we should be I just want to I want to end this because I know that there were a lot of writers on Twitter yesterday saying a lot of things, and um, I understand where all the leagues are coming from. You know, I think from 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 a media perspective, there looks to be a little bit of a of of a label being placed on us, like somehow the media is some great uh, carrier of disease. I, I know Boy, that's no not the case, about that. but it just it just kind of looks that way. But I understand what the leagues are doing and that they're trying to make sure that they take whatever steps they can. Uh, I think it's, you know, these are very, very, very small baby steps to kind of control um, access. Uh, And, it you know, I I just am not going to be surprised if we end up having to take some more drastic steps around the world of professional sports in the next couple weeks. We've seen some San Jose Sharks games already be uh, postponed because of, of uh, Santa Clara County's um, uh, ban on, on large events. And, 
and I think it's something that that all of the uh, that the other the other major leagues are going to have to at least contend with as well. And the Rangers are at the epicenter of that since their season is supposed to start in Seattle. All right, Evan. Thanks for all that, uh, and we will uh, see you it next time. Say, that didn't sound sincere. <laughs> God, just rush him Tom, off. Tommy, hey, thanks for all that. Tommy's giving me the the, the throat cut sound. Which, by the way, yeah, Evan. Thanks that, for that all that. A, that is a fifteen yard penalty, Tommy, in the NFL. <laughs> I didn't do that. Okay, I just gave you the rap signal. <laughs> You're exaggerating. <laughs> Goodbye, uh, everybody. Bye, Evan. Yeah, thanks bye, for all that, man. Oh, yeah. Make sure you, you tune in on our uh, Cowboys podcast as well, in which we will not be giving anybody the throat slash, uh, and that we I, will. I will not be opening my car door. <laughs> that's right. And leaving it open for the entire broadcast. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I will not open my car door and unzip my backpack time and time again. <laughs> With the side door, my car open. Evan puts it on speaker, walks away, comes back. You know, eat breakfast. Yeah, he, he, eating. You know, it's like listening to Norm Hitzkiss. Norm used to do that all the time too. You can hear Norm used eating. To. Oh yeah, well, sorry, didn't mean to play that. Didn't mean to imply that Norm is still not working. But you know, flipping through the paper. You know, you know, he's here all that kind of stuff. It's like. Yeah, what else can I rip off here? Okay, so anyway, we'll uh, we'll be back uh, just pretty soon with the Cowboys podcast, so make sure you listen to that too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.